1: Hello everyone, welcome back to Oz Spears. It's just gone at midday, Eastern Daylight Time. Great to have your company live from our Brand Guru studios. You've tuned in to the call, 10 stocks picked by you. I put them to our expert panel and we've got a panel today that's always... Got good things to say, Rudy Filipek-Van Dyke, the one and only from FN Arena is with us. Rudy, how are you? You're good.
2: G- good so far. <laughs> good.
1: <laughs> well, uh, Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities, that um, that's throwing down the gauntlet, isn't yeah, it? Well, He's good so far. To try to ruin his day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, a lot to get through today, so um, let's get straight into it. Bit of a blue chip list today in terms of uh, stocks that we're gonna cover in the first half hour, we're gonna run the eye over perpetual, cochlear, brambles, Fisher & Paykel and Mercury NZ. Uh, Stock of the day, I thought we'd take a look at Rio, uh, which has reaffirmed full-year production guidance, came out this morning despite reporting a 1% dip in iron ore shipments in the first first quarter. Overall shipments, though, were up 3% on the same period last year to a five-year high as it leans on greater efficiencies and higher production from its West Australian mine. Looking ahead, the mining giant expects stimulus measures in China to drive a slow recovery in the world's biggest steel uh, user and maker, as it reported its second highest ever iron ore shipments in 2023. it was that outlook on China, which really interested me, of course, one of Rio's biggest customers, uh, Rudy, what did you think of the update, uh, production update, and their comments on China?
2: Um, don't want to spoil anyone's party, but I, I think it's it's very uh, mainstream. I think I think right. I think that the, the comments made by by BHP last year are not that dissimilar. Um, are they talking their own book? Well, they are, uh, because if you invest in Rio Tinto or BHP. Uh, you're essentially investing in iron ore. Uh, yep. I mean, they do a lot more, but at the end of the day, the bottom line is pretty much defined by, by iron ore. Yep. Um, so yes, they are, but it doesn't mean that they are They are just talking um, hot air. Uh, I mean, the, the big surprise remains that iron ore has, has remained higher for longer mm. in, in the past few years. Um, yeah. That's why the share prices are where they are. Uh, the big question remains uh, whether that price at some stage uh, revisits at lower level or not? Right? I mean, the companies themselves um, are, are much more moderate in their forecasts. They they think a hundred dollars per tonne US is probably more more accurate. Maybe even ninety. Mm. Um, the price of iron ore is a lot higher. I mean, so basically, if you if you invest in those in those share price, even though they've come down a l- little bit this month uh,
1: off of five-year highs
2: yes exactly. Uh,
1: they're, exactly they're meant to be cyclical stocks so well, I- they are. is this as they good are. as it gets <laughs> well the, 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 H- whole, H- the
2: whole cyclicality has been has been taken out of them a l- little bit because of iron ore which has as surprised to the upside um, but just I mean just some context like so things in in back in late 2007 we returned the share price reached 125. Yep. I mean it's not that far off today so the cyclicality is in there you mean you, you can keep the share price for 15 years and, and all you have is the, if it is a dividend and ha- headaches along the way mm. so the whole the whole point about cyclicality is obviously is a, is a big question mark given that we are still uh, forecasting uh, slowing growth in mo- most economies this year and and and, and struggling China yeah sentiment does a lot I mean there's constantly the expectation we, we're now seeing uh, still ongoing, underwhelming data from China. So the expectation still is that the Chinese will do whatever it takes to uh, to support their economy. Um, I mean, if you're happy with taking, because it's all about taking risks, I mean, and mm. the likes of Rio Tinto and BHP, they tend not to disappoint in the same manner as some of those smaller iron, iron ore miners or even just base metal miners or lithium miners. Though. I mean, they come out and they sometimes see the yep. diving by. Yep. That doesn't happen with these big guys, but share price is quite high. Iron ore price is falling, but still quite high. Um, I, I, I think there's no compelling reason, to be honest, to be there for the time being. I right. think it's it's a, it's a halt at best. Right. Uh, but then again, I mean, because they have surprise to the upside, it doesn't mm-hmm. mean they can't surprise further to the upside. Yep. It's about the risk that you're willing to take. For me, it's just not it's not compelling enough.
1: Okay, to put you money in, but hold if you have got it. Yes. Okay, Michael.
2: Um, yeah. Look, I'm feeling a bit more,
0: a bit more optimistic on on where this can be by the end of the year. I mean, we we're fairly optimistic on the iron ore miners last year, and it has surprised. I mean, as as, as Rudy knows, all the analysts have you know, crept up their their price targets mm-hmm. for iron ore and the big miners over the past few months. Um, yeah. Look, the big question is that set to continue this year. I think. I think there's enough on balance to say it can so when we look at um, you know Rudy mentioned uh, China and as, as well as yourself David at the beginning um, you know stimulus measure, measures will obviously be a positive for um, for these miners but even if we look at global growth um, and we try to get a sense for where that's going by looking at global PMIs I mean you have these PMIs that operate like a sine curve. Yep. Um, and at the moment, we are at the bottom of, of that curve. So I think downside risk for the global economy um, is quite minimal from here. I'd be looking more for, for a recovery mm-hmm. in the global economy this year. Um, and that'll obviously benefit um, you know, the iron ore miners and, and other commodities as well. Um, and obviously, if markets head higher and, and, mar- and investors take on more risk, you get a lower US dollar. which is good for for the commodities as well. So, I mean, what could derail the iron ore price? I mean, it has been stronger than everyone expected. Could it be on the demand side? I think the demand side will be there. Could there be a massive increase in supply? I don't see where that could come from. So I think the iron ore price will remain fairly elevated. I mean, in the short term, is it going to drop another 5 or $10? That's that's impossible to know. So I'd be looking for a buying opportunity with Rio. I think the Mm. way it's trading at the moment, maybe there's another couple of dollars downside you know if you want to finesse the the share price but ultimately i think you know this pullback we've seen over the past few weeks will be an opportunity
1: so you're saying a buy if it pulls back a bit further yeah so i hold it for the moment right okay um bhp v rio do you have it preferred
0: i prefer bhp right um historically it's it's better run you do have that extra mix in there you've got your copper which I think yeah. copper would do well. Um, obviously, they've got a bit of uranium. Everyone's excited about that. Um, but yeah, BHP at these levels, I think is a is a
2: buying <laughs> opportunity. Yeah, yeah. So sort of copper versus aluminium. If you put the question, it is what? Yeah, is copper true. versus aluminium, right? Yeah. So we yeah. was aluminium. BHP is more copper. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you prefer out of the two? I think a lot because uh, alumina is cutting. Yeah. So I think a lot of people are getting more excited about aluminium now, right? Uh, okay. But that might just be a short-term thing. Right. I think l- further out, I would prefer copper as well,
1: right? And the uranium thing mm. um, issue with BHP as well. You've got that uh, uranium chart at the moment price chart, which looks like looks like lithium a year a year ago <laughs> does it, but it only needs. BHP in the boardroom to go. Yeah, let's bring Olympic Dam out of mothballs, mm. and it's the world's biggest uranium producer, isn't it? Yeah. By by country yeah. mile.
2: Um, not sure whether that's whether that's true. By the way, it's it's, it's Kazakhstan that's uh, number one. And they, oh, as a country. Yes. And yeah, they, but as a mine, they tend to. Well, in Olympic Dam, it's a byproduct. Lip, right. Olympic Dam is about it's copper, gold, copper and gold, and, yeah. and, and everyone is supposed to buy copper, and I'm sure that they'll make their decisions yeah. on copper. Yeah. I thought.
1: I thought Australia was regarded as sort of the Saudi Arabia of uranium. We've got more
2: uranium reserves here than any maybe, country in the world. Maybe we have it under the ground, but... Yes, the, yeah, yeah. Australia's number three as a producer. Yeah. Number one is Kazakhstan, number two, number two is Canada. Yeah. So uh, the biggest producer is basically listed is in Canada, Cameco. Right. Right. and, and we, yeah. are, we are we are we come off we come after that. So okay. we're, we're quite big, yeah. but we don't we don't we're not the o, we're not the OPEC of uranium. That's yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, all right, let's get into the songs that you want us to uh, look at. And uh, Michael Scott wants a view on Perpetual, the uh, mm. funds management group. They bought um, Pendle this time last year, and then at the um, the end of last year, sold Pets put in a. A bid for the fund manager as well, which was rejected.
0: Yeah, look, I um, I'm not really a fan of these listed fund managers. I think outside of particular points in time, you know, where, for example, the Magellan might you know did really well a few years ago for a, for a particular point in time. I think long term performance for a lot of these fund managers has been very poor um, if, you, if we're talking about investing in the shares and hoping to get a return. So you know, in the case of Perpetual, that was a, a 50-something dollar share price back in 2015, and it's now less than half of that. So yeah. Yeah, massive capital destruction. Um, yeah, look, I mean, in the short term, we've had this, this offer um, from Solpats, and I think that it's about a couple of bucks above where it is now. I'd be taking the money and run because, I mean, you, we've seen this too many times with, with takeover offers um, on our market. I mean, you hold out for that extra dollar or two only for it to yep. fall and you lose 4 or $5. So, um, look, I don't have any insight as to whether it's going to go ahead or not. It's not a stock I follow, but just based right. on that basic you know, risk-reward. Um, so, we're you look, at about-
1: it's coming off a five-year low yeah. before the Santa rally. So, you're saying, hey, happy days. Take advantage of say, yeah. Santa uh, exactly. uh, coming back to get though,
0: out. It's not as though this is the hottest stock on the board, and everyone's fighting over it. Right. Um, I mean, you've you've got a stock that's halved. Um, that's the yep. trend. Mm. So, yeah. If if it doesn't go through, why wouldn't it resume that downtrend? Why yep. would it go higher? I just okay. I'd be out.
2: Rudy, would you be out? Um, yes, but I have a slightly different view than Michael. But but in, in large lines, he's correct. Um, the industry of, of asset management is, has a lot of challenges. I mean, we know that I mean, ETFs, uh, lower, lower, lower-priced products, and all of that. Having said so, the share price is where it is because someone basically is interested in buying it. I've, I've just maybe as an illustration, I've sometimes found myself in the same situation. I once upon a time I owned Iris shares, right. and uh, because I thought these guys are so undervalued and they will turn the business around. Then someone comes along and and says, I'm interested, and then goes for the due diligence. So Mm -hmm. the share price basically resets much higher. And then, of course, you have that eternal dilemma. Do you take the money and run, or do you stick around for for when the bid actually comes through? The problem is, if the bid doesn't come through, the share price will probably go back where it was. Now, I'm not so sure whether it will go back exactly where it was, but it will fall, and quite probably quite quite a lot. one way to deal with that with that dilemma is that you take half of your profits and you let the other half sitting there, and that, that, that's 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 how can you manage the risk. The other the other option, of course, is if you have better places to to place your money, you don't want to take the risk. Well, just take your money because right. in the short term, I, I'm almost inclined to agree that the, the bid will not come through. Mm. Having said so, I do believe that the shares definitely pre-bit were looked heavily undervalued. Um, they still today um, offer quite a high dividend yield. Yep. And one of one of the reasons to to own a perpetual here is because they've done some. That's the irony. They, they, obviously, they have a suitor now, but they see themselves as the as the suitor. Yeah. yeah? Uh, so yeah. they are buying in America. They're buying here, yeah. and they are looking around. And they they just they just buy another assets. So they see themselves as we buy. We're not going to be bought. We buy others. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of synergies to come should come from that. That is the reason why they should have, all else being equal, a a growing dividend and, and growing profits. Mm. Not necessarily because the share market's performed, but they'll they'll get the costs out out of anything they yeah. buy. Now, that's a that's a tool. And just their business model. As they get bigger,
1: yes. they should make more profits because you need a base level of analysts and fund managers. Yes. And if they manage $2 billion, yes. the same one should be able to, Manageable, yes. Doing, keeping yeah, costs
2: yeah, under control, yes. But that doesn't take into account that the, the typical style of investing may not necessarily be in 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 fashion. Right. And the other thing is, is there's constant pressure on on the on the margins because there's so many people in the industry that so are constantly lo- lowering right. lowering the okay. fees. Yep. And and there's fee pressure. I mean, right. so that's that's for the gen for the for the industry in general. And then the unanswered question is what what will a developed AI Due to the industry. Mm, all right. So there are lots of challenges there. Um, so I'm less negative about Michael. I mean, in, in, in gross terms, I agree. The industry is going through so many challenges, and you have to question why you would be there. Right. It, also because you have access to uh, relatively cheap-priced products that uh, don't need to outperform the index sometimes, because these yeah. guys don't necessarily outperform the index either. Um, so I'm not a big fan. And in the short term, I would I would probably not stay there because I don't think the bid will come through, and that means probably the share price will go down. Um, but but over an a horizon of two years or so, you can actually own them because I do think those profits will come through. Right. Okay, so uh, bottom line, Rudy. Yes. uh, What
1: would you be? Do you sell? Mm. Do you buy? Or do you hold? Bottom line.
2: I'll do the the iris solution here. You've made great profits. Hopefully, you Uh, sell half your shares. The other half, you leave in there. Take profit because you 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 take the risk on board and you believe that on the two-year rise in the share price will be higher and you get high dividends. Okay. Will be 100% framed. Okay.
1: All right. Good One, all right. Next stock, um, uh, Adrian wants a view uh, Rudy on Cochlear, one of mm. our, our great global um, health stocks. Of course, the yeah. um, cochlear implant, yeah, it's one of the great innovations, yeah, uh, developed and, and,
2: here in Australia by Graham Clark. And earlier, we, we talked about upside surprises. I think Cochlear has pretty much surprised everyone over the past two years or so, yeah. Um, I, mean, I forgot what the share price is, but share price is a lot higher than uh, than, and than most yeah. people would think where, where it is. It it might, at one stage I was well, thinking it might, gro- groovy, it might actually yeah. get to three hundred dollars before CSL does, mm. um, which you can question whether that's uh, that whether that's justified. I mean, healthcare post COVID has gone through f- f- quite a tough time. I mean, mm. generally speaking, with the exceptions of of poor medicus maybe and. And, and and a few and a few exceptions, including Cochlear. I mean, the share price is well above where where most people think it's reasonable, where it should be. Um, one of the analysts, I forgot which one it was, but they recently issued a report about the healthcare sector in general because healthcare is, is get, making a comeback. Mm. I mean, see, it's at the much. share prices of Resmed, uh, yep. CSL, it's all of a sudden to the upside again instead of going to the downside, and 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 optimism is growing for twenty twenty four. Now. If you compare Cochlear with all the other companies in, in prospective growth, it doesn't stand out in terms of the, other, the likes of CSL, have all else being equal, more growth under the wings. Yet the market absolutely has liked Cochlear and still likes it. Has liked um, them better than CSL <laughs> and Resme. Yes, it, is, it has. This is probably the, with the exception of is probably mm. the number one in Australia over yep. the past two years or so. Um, I don't know why that is exactly, I haven't seen anyone giving a, a, a proper explanation for it. Um, at this share price, I'd be a little bit more cautious, to be honest. But having said so, because they have surprised to the upside, it doesn't mean they, they will surprise mm. to the downside. So do you take profits on this? Or do you hold? Oh. You know what, depending on, on what the this, 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 this stake in your portfolio is and your specific uh, valuation, I don't see a reason why it would fall off the cliff either. So I would hold it. Right, OK. But for fresh money, I would, I would prefer some of the other uh, healthcare stocks, if if healthcare is what you're looking at. OK.
1: Michael?
0: Um, yeah, it has definitely surprised. I mean, the recent announcements were, were ahead of what the market was expecting, and they've got a bit of cash, and they're doing a buyback. Um, you know, the risks, I think, are clearly that, you know, they had this sort of backlog of work after COVID. You know have they already got through all of that um you know to rudy's point you compare it to like a csl they've got a few avenues to grow you know, cochlear is a bit more of a clearly a one-trick pony like resmed but resmed's quite oversold mm-hmm. um whereas Cochlear's, um you know had a had a fantastic run here so i just wonder also if you know, that, that might be ending. I mean, when I look at the way it's trading on the chart, it does look like it's sort of overshot there at the end of last year and is coming back. I mean, whether it comes back 5 or 10% or there's something more meaningful, um, momentum is, for the moment, back to the downside. So I think in this case where, yeah maybe it's overshot, um, you know, you've got, a, you've got a chart that's looking a bit weak. Uh, yeah, at best, it's a hold, um, but I'd wow. be more inclined to you know, rotate out of this and, and into a CSL or a or a ResMed, which despite right. their the runs they've recently had, you know, my reading of, of the way they're trading is that they've got further upside. So healthcare in general looks like it's got um, got a bit of a tailwind and um, I'd rather do the switch into those other two.
1: Okay. All
0: I bribed right. Michael to say that before the, before the
1: <laughs> broadcast. Yeah. Uh, Fisher and Paykel coming up shortly as well, so that's another one in the mix. Um, all right, let's talk logistics now. And uh, Wise Tech is the is the darling of the share market at the moment. The um, um, the, the algorithms and the software for global logistics. Uh, we're still talking logistics, but not quite as high tech as wise tech. Let's talk uh, old-fashioned wooden uh, chip pallets. Uh, Peter wants a view, Michael on brambles. Mm. This is the the old-fashioned sort yeah. of uh, logistics, isn't it? Right yeah, the, the high blue chip pallets. Yep, um, that weigh a ton. Yep. Um, that all university students. Usually start as their their first bed, sort of bed or, or 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 lounge table. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah look, I mean, it, I know people say Brambles is boring. I think where it is at the moment, I'd have to say it's it's not not too exciting. I mean, it's it's had a good run this year. Um, it's got to a point now where, you know, according to the company, I think pricing growth might be a little bit. Um, Bit more challenging. Um, they think they can hold their margins at, at current levels. So, I mean, obviously, um, you know, inflationary issues have, have been a, you know, had a negative effect, but, but at the same time, you know, global economies haven't slipped into deep recession, so that's been a positive as well. Um, you know, valuation wise, it looks okay. Um, the way it's trading on the chart, uh, maybe a little bit of downside. Gee, it's still risk, right up there, in though, when trading. you look at that yeah, five yeah. year, isn't it? So look, I think, I mean, if you like the business, I don't see much downside or upside risk from here. So I suppose you could say it's a hold, but right. I think there'd be better opportunities elsewhere for, for this year.
2: Okay. Rudy? When you run a portfolio, it's like a bit, like, little bit like, like running a football team. You can't just have Messi's and Ronaldo's on the field. Yep. You need the goalie and you need the fence line. Yep. you need the troops. I think this is, this is one of your defence line stocks mm. in, in, a, in a longer oriented portfolio. Um, they have had some, some, some disappointing years. Uh, before that they were okay. Uh, the expectation generally is that they are back on the trail to being okay now. Don't they
1: reflect trade though? more
2: global trade there is the more use for these pallets as uh
1: forklifts it's, pick the stuff up off of the
2: yes off yes the ships. yes and no it's 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 obviously retail in the us a lot in the us and there's obviously also the, the 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 um the warehouses that are being yeah. built yeah. uh so that's basically your online retail and and the other thing of course is is that you described them as a logistic they see themselves as a logistics firm but everything they've done historically outside of pallets hasn't really worked out. Yeah. I mean, their servicing to the oil and gas industry is mm, forgettable. Yeah. And, and and once upon a time, all their document archiving things they had, they ultimately sold it off, and, and, and that disappeared somewhere in the abyss. Um, and I'm still old enough to remember that they had to acknowledge that they uh, were missing millions of pallets and they had no mm. idea where they were. <laughs> in universities, <laughs> just beds. I'm, 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 I'm really <laughs> sure my, <laughs> age, my age here. Um, and they tried plastic for a while, didn't they? It didn't quite work not, out. No, well plastic came plastic. up as an alternative Pulse. and that has sort of remained a French issue. Yeah. And, and, and and Brambles has looked into that and decided they're not going to invest in it. So yeah. they're going to stick with their, with their timber ones. Ultimately, they are the market leader still. Uh, It's all about how they manage the business. And in recent times, they have rediscovered pricing power, which they, uh, maybe was a confidence issue. Maybe it was uh, their relationship with likes of Amazon and some of those large multinationals. They had lost that, they've regained that. Uh, Maybe a funny, funny anecdote here is that during the bad times, Morningstar remained convinced that this was the stock to own for the next decade. they've they've given up on that on that view right, okay. and 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 guess what happens the share price recovers at a much higher level <laughs> and management comes out with much better numbers yeah it's it's being a value investor sometimes being tested I mean, yeah. severely i so i, I think would you put it in your, in your think, i think i think you can buy it as, at these levels yes okay. at, at that because as i said you need if the scenario that, that, that Michael uh, described earlier, if that doesn't turn out in the first six months of this year, then Brambles is going to outperform the market because mm-hmm. and Brambles is much less susceptible to economic okay. growth and to, to interest rates. All right. And you need those, you need that type of stock in your portfolio. All
1: right. Um, let's go back to healthcare. Michael and Ashley want a view on Fisher & uh one of the... Uh, biggest designers manufacturers of respiratory devices does sleep apnea machines in competition to ResMed as well as the other respiratory devices for hospitals?
0: Yeah look it um, it seems sort of reasonable value here it looks like there haven't been you know many nasty surprises recently in terms of their announcements it's trading okay Um, I think you've got maybe a couple of dollars upside Uh, but you know, we have to mm. compare it to, to a ResMed. Mm. And as, as, as we've covered plenty of times um, on this program in the last few months, because of that big drop in ResMed's share price and now it's bottomed and it's improving, you just, you just clearly have more upside at the moment in, in ResMed. It just, ResMed seems like it's lower risk at this point um, for a higher return. I mean, you can own both if you want, um, I'd be then looking to, to trim Fisher & Paykel higher up. But yeah, if you don't want the double up, um, unfortunately, you'd, you'd have to have Fisher & Paykel as a cell um, and move it into ResMed. So you'd rotate out of
1: Fisher & Paykel
2: yeah. and uh, ResMed. Rudy? I prefer ResMed as well. Um, maybe, maybe, like, one thing to say also, they're not really competitive. They only compete in maybe 15 20% of, of, of their business. They have, they have different... Yeah, places where they, where, they, where they sell their, their, their ventilators, essentially. Um, recently, a fund manager on Twitter said that he couldn't get his head around why this stock is trading on such a high multiple. Huh? Um, th- this, th- this is the fascination of the share market. It's trading on a high multiple because the, 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 the earnings are depressed. Huh? Mm. So they're still battling COVID, essentially. So what happened in COVID is that um, all, of, all of a sudden hospitals need more ventilation. These guys are, I mean, the number one that, that they can give it to hospitals, so they get this big bump up in in orders. Share price high, earnings high, profits high. Now, after COVID, that that demand has pretty much fallen off a cliff, mm. and these guys are still struggling with that. But it's not it's not in their power. They can't stimulate demand yeah. other than offering it for cheaper. But if if the hospitals don't need it, they don't need it. Yeah, no, no, because you so, sold
1: sold them a heap of them during COVID. Yeah.
2: <laughs> now now they're all in the storeroom. unfortunately unfortunately <laughs> yeah, yeah. so they're still battling with that now at some point logic tells it, at some point that they'll they'll find growth again yeah that's not an eternal because they're growing in other else yeah. so it's it's a game of waiting and that's why the market is is not too fast to put on a high multiple because it expects that it it'll recover yeah now so would you mind to pin the exact timing that's a difficult one as i said my preference would be with Westmet but uh, if, if you're you own, in it, would you get if, out of if it? If you own I would. I would not get out of it. Right. I would just no. buy my time and wait for it. Okay. All
1: right. Um, our next stock, uh, Rudy and Mary, wants a view on Mercury NZ, the uh, the big electricity generator in New Zealand, generates 15% of New Zealand's total, uh, generated from renewables as
2: well. But then you look at the, the local market and, this, and the trading volumes are very low. Mm. Um, I mean, I. I mean, I'm not familiar with the, the, the New Zealand utility sector in particular, and this is in, in the bigger scheme of things for in Australian terms, it's a small cap, definitely yeah, if you look yeah. at the, the trading volumes. So I just question why would you have to go to a New Zealand utility unless you have deeper insights and, and a better affinity with, with the sector over there and with this particular company. Otherwise, I think investors often try to go for exotic uh, stocks in in the hope that nobody's watching and they have a, they have an edge. But you have to make sure that you have an edge yeah. because otherwise there's probably a risk to be had from just the normal standard stocks that we have on the on the ASX here. That's why I'm I'm sort of questioning why would I go to a utility in New Zealand unless yeah. I have a deeper Rather insight. Rather than Origin and AGL
1: or whatever here. Okay, not for you, Michael.
0: Um, yeah, similar thoughts. I mean, due to liquidity, I mean, I think this is our lobster yeah. pot of the day. Um, <laughs> yep. You can't get out if you're in. Uh, but just on a more of a general comment, utilities, so where we are in the cycle and so on. So yeah, these utility stocks generally, you don't see much share price appreciation, but they pay you that regular dividend, yeah. uh, very reliable. When I look at this one, it pays, has a yield of 3.35%, no franking. Mm. So already you're behind what you can get in the bank risk-free. And yep. it just comes back to, do you want money at risk for a low return or not? Clearly money is at risk. So yeah, generally for utilities um, in this period with higher interest rates, they're less attractive. And as we've seen with other utilities locally, mm-hmm. as interest rates come down, they do become uh, more attractive. So mm-hmm. wrong part of the cycle as well. Okay. I think.
1: All right, let's recap the, uh, the first five stocks. Uh, Rio, a hold from both Michael and Rudy. Uh, perpetual, a sell from Michael. Um, Rudy reckons take half because if the, uh, uh, the takeover doesn't come through from Pats, it will retrace um, its share price. Cochlear, a hold from both. Um, Michael would rotate though out of Cochlear into CSL and ResMed. If you want to keep in that big global healthcare market, there are better opportunities. Uh, Bramble's a hold from Michael. Uh, for Rudy, it's a buy. If you want um, a selection in the defensive end of your portfolio team, um, it's it's a, a consistent performer. Uh, Fisher & Paykel, a hold from Rudy. Um, uh, Michael would rotate into ResMed, of Fisher and Michael into ResMed, and Mercury New Zealand a no from both. Uh, here on the call, we've been following our own high conviction uh, fantasy portfolio as picked by the investment committee. Uh, the December committee meeting is on the platform now. We didn't have a January uh, there will be a February one coming up in the next week or two, in the December one. Um, ResMed, Car Group and Johns Ling were added to the portfolio. Profits take it on on Wesfarmers, RPM Global and MA Financial. And the fund is up about 19% at the moment. Uh, this half hour, Igo uh, Investments, Cube, Breville, IDP Education and also Paladin. All right, uh, Michael Debney wants a view on Argo, one of our oldest and biggest listed investment companies in, uh, based in South Australia. The great Dom Bradman was chairman of Argo during the 80s. It's a bit of trivia as well. Um, there you go. Yeah, listed investment companies have to be doing it tough against ETFs at the moment, wouldn't
0: they? Yeah, and um, you know, to my point earlier, yeah, I don't find a lot of these these investments that are attractive. But yeah, you raise a good point about the ETFs, because I think what's important, if you were to invest in any of these companies, is to have a look at what are they investing in. When you have a look at Argo, it's top 10 companies, basically the top 20 stocks, yep. yeah, amongst the top 20 stocks on, on the market, you BHP, and the banks and yep. et cetera. So you, you're basically getting the index, and then you're going to pay them fees. Uh, and in the end, we could see that since the market peaked at the end of 2021, you know, the index is back to where it was, and, um, and and this share price for this is is about 10% lower. So, um, look, I'm sure there's periods of time where they've done done well, but if you mainly if they're just mainly investing in top 200, unless you're going to get out there and do some of that yourself, um, you might as well, might as well just stick with an index ETF.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, which and index ETFs sort of uh, the management fees are incredibly low aren't they
0: yeah exactly and they're competing against that rudy mentioned that before with um you know as a general um sort of you know industry trend um but yeah look unless unless you're finding one of these fund managers that's doing something quite different to what you can get in etf or different to what you can do um, that's great but in this case i don't see the attraction yeah it's not rudy
2: yeah these are the things to beat isn't it like what's if you look at what Argo owns I mean the largest holding now is Macquarie and bhp is a it's the second largest but it's only five percent well in the index it's 11 yeah yeah so what they're trying to do is yes they, they sort of own what the index does but by by playing around with the weightings they try to have a better outcome essentially and then try to be lower lower fees than um, than the likes of perpetual and and so you can see I mean, in terms of what you should do as an investor, well, you can, you can regard the ETFs or something like an Argo as your benchmark to, to beat. I mean, if you're not quite certain and you don't wanna you don't wanna go to a, to an advisor or a stockbroker, I mean, you can you can start off with these and then mm. see. How you go and and in the meantime see whether you can do a better job at it or not yeah i mean because that's essentially the the end of the end of the, end or, the beginning of the story or
1: have a good proportion of your portfolio in etfs and listed investment companies
2: fiddle around with the rest and if you, your half if does better if you look at yourself. if you look at what's happening over the last seven years or so even with financial planners and stockbrokers and even fund managers they themselves are increasingly using ETFs. Yeah? Yep. So it's not like it's only for people who don't know what they're doing. Mm. It's mm. I mean, it, 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 it has become more popular. So there's nothing to be said against it. It's just, it all comes down to what, are, what is your strategy? What do you want? Right? Yeah. And if you want to have a, I can sleep at night and get my dividends and get yeah. a reasonable performance. So of
1: all then, the listed investment companies, yes. would
2: this be your preference? There's EFIC as well. Yep. Um, Australian Foundation, and, I, yep. and I'm not sure. I think EFIC has a better performance than these guys. I right. think, but well, I'm yeah. not a hundred percent certain. So I wouldn't. I haven't done the research in, in right. who's who's better or anything. But the principle is there that if you if you want to if you want to sleep at night and you feel not confident enough, I'm doing it yourself. and and you don't want to talk to someone like Michael. (laughs) Why would you? But there are are options, but at the end of the day, it's what you want and what your preference is. So what would you Um, do? Well, I'm not a big, I'm personally, I I think I'm a big fan of educating investors themselves so they can do a better job themselves. But I'm also cognizant that not everyone is there and not everyone wants to spend the time. So as a sleep at night alternative, yes, you you can put your money in Argo. So f- fair enough. A hold. Yes. Okay.
1: All right. Uh, back to logistics. Uh, a bit more complicated than uh, just wooden chip pellets. Now, uh, Michael Sam wants to view on Cube, um, which is basically runs uh, ports, the Patrick's terminals here, bigger container ports right around Australia. Mm. Yeah.
0: So look, I mean, this is, I guess, another one of those businesses where um, you know they should should benefit if you know global growth improves mm. or you know generally a, a better economy. Um, but there are, you know, this this type of business of course does have you know quite a few challenges on the on the cost side. So you know inflationary pressures, they've got a big wages bill, a lot of you know unionized There's a dispute sort of work. Yeah, there? it's just a never ending. Yeah. And um, uh, and obviously it's very capital intensive so you know the Moorbank more bank facilities so yeah, construction costs, are just very, uh, look, I, I just think that it's a it's a very difficult business for me to get a handle on and say, okay, now at this point, it, it you know represents a great opportunity and there's plenty of upside. As, as we could see the way it's trading on the chart, it's generally been heading sideways in the last few years. So I guess this is probably more one of those businesses where if it's at the bottom of that range and, and mm. people are dumping it unnecessarily, that's your opportunity. But you know, it's back at these sorts of prices. Um, I just can't see the catalyst for it yep. to maybe put on another yeah. you know, 10 or 20% from here.
2: Okay.
1: Did the five-year chart come up? Let's ha- have a look at that to uh, see a point while Rudy's talking what do you think, Rudy?
2: So I'm talking now because, and then the chair price has to come up on the chart. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had the, the one someone, year.
2: Someone didn't get the uh, memo. We, 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 had, we the had the, the 12,
1: 12 mm-hmm. month. So it had its pop yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: um, yeah. in November, December, which every, most stocks did. Yes, well, yes, exactly. Well, yeah, most. To, to me, the the, the the key sentence of, of Michael's expose was it's difficult to get your head around. Huh? Yeah. And, 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 Yes, I can't emphasize enough that instead of f- simply focusing on on the share price and what the share price is down or the share price is up and what are you buying essentially? You're buying essentially a lot of accountancy here. I mean, I, I sort of compare it with, with uh, Australian agricultural company as well. Ah. I mean, yes, hurts and all of that, but essentially it's, it's, all, it's all numbers in, in accountancy and it's all right. appreciation, depreciation uh, spread out over 7, 10, 20 years. And I mean it's very difficult on the outside unless you're you're an accountant A and B you have you have nothing to do on the weekend and <laughs> and and, uh, and and go to the books and all of that. Yeah. Um, in my case, when there's so much accountancy involved and with the likes of Q, there's a lot of accountancy involved. Yeah. It's oh, all okay. about spending money in projects and, and as I said, you get a depreciation, you get the appreciation, you get it's gets yeah. It's not just simply we 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 carried this 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 parcel of grain to that destination, mm. we got money for it. Right. I and mean, there's a lot more involved there. For me, often the same thing, and I, and I suspect for a lot of investors, that's why it's, it's not really a hot stock. It's too difficult. It gets like, yeah. pff, I mean, my accountant can spend the time, but I have to pay him for it. Yep. Yeah. So there's a lot There's a lot more easier stories on the share market to understand and to, and to make an accurate prediction about how they're going. Than uh, there is with uh, nah, with, with, they, with Cube, and you can see there that for yeah. most investors it's it's a, it's a difficult story. Yeah. That's why it's never a hot stock, and and maybe justified. Maybe there's there's something to be said that company stories should maybe be more straightforward, less complicated, and that's not necessarily their fault, but. There are so many more mm. easier stories out there and with much more predictable prospects.
1: And as you guys always say on the panel, when you've, you've only got 20 to 25 stocks in your portfolio, yes. there are a lot simpler ones to understand about the yes. potential on. All right, uh, our next um, stock hopefully is easier to understand Asher wants a view Rudy on Breville, the uh, kitchen and home appliances uh, distributor and manufacturer. 70 countries around the world. One of the COVID darlings was as everyone stayed home and baked bread rather than go to work during the pandemic. Made and coffee. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, they do the um baked their own pizzas, yeah, uh, Nespresso um, yes. stuff yes. as well. Do they? Uh, Solomon Lewis Premier Investments, one of the biggest shareholders in it, or the biggest,
2: and has been for two decades. Yep. Um, I, I. I'm still old enough to remember that they want to merge this with uh, some other business, which was of lower quality. Um, heavily underappreciated in Australia, I would say, uh, Breville is, is one of the is actually a, a, a hidden closet technology stock. Um, in the future, when your when you're, when your fridge is going to communicate to your mm. coffee machine and to your to your to your, to your bread maker. Uh, yeah. Brevel is at the forefront of that and they're, they're definitely developing, um, uh, that's definitely on, on that innovation uh, front. It's often treated simply as a, as a retail exposure. Yep. Um, it's much more resilient than that. It's much more, it, it, much, it has much more potential and it's all, also constantly trading on much higher PEs. I'm personally, um, I'm, I'm quite a big fan of Brevel. I don't own it. Because I, um, I I have been worried about uh, what what exactly can happen in Europe for the for the year ahead, and and, and I went on holiday and they were trading at twenty two dollars or something and and I thought like oh I should have bought below twenty dollars and um, <laughs> you come back from holiday and and That's thirty dollars thirty dollars is beckoning yeah <laughs> um, so I so I do think the op- the proposition of course is now um, I would be. Definitely more courses now. Right. I mean, the, the share prices <laughs> appreciate quite so a So if you're in a hold, but for long for long term, I think this, as I said, innovation will will continue to uh, to do right. to do good things for shareholders. So if you can, and they, they pay a dividend, I mean, mm. and they are constantly increasing uh, in new geographies still, and they're still increasing their 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 market shares and all of that. Um, so I think whatever gonna, is going to happen with 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 consumer spending is is a temporary headwind, and, uh, and the market clearly believes that now too. Um, so I would hold it. Yep. Um, but but for, for those who are more confident and and can keep the, the focus on on the long term, should definitely have a brabble on their radar. I think. Okay.
1: Michael.
0: Um, yeah, it's definitely had a good run. I mean, we looked at it. Um, our, our analysts looked at it a few months ago and. Um, yeah, you know, there were a few positives. Um, I mean, over time, of course, the, the business has done a fantastic job. But, you know, the company was was suggesting that they were able to continually improve their margins from that point. Um, they are looking at lower shipping costs. Um, I mean, I don't know now with everything happening with the, the Red Sea. So that could be mm. an unknown that, that hasn't been declared yet. Um, but even then, back in, you know, a few months ago near $22, it didn't look particularly... Cheap, it was towards the upper end of its traditional trading range, and yeah, Rudy made the point that yeah, it trades on a high PE, but but it's the business that deserves to. I mean, Mm -hmm. if it was high PE twenty two, what is it now at twenty six? So I just think that with um yeah, with no recent announcements from the uh, from the company um, and issues such as how how is Europe going to perform, Mm -hmm. how much are they paying for for shipping costs in. Mm Yeah, with the Red Sea essentially closed off, we're seeing um, manufacturers in Europe, um, you know, car manufacturers, for example, shutting down production. So mm. there's there's risks, um, and the share price is a little bit too high to to ignore those risks. So look, I wouldn't be holding
1: it. Um, you wouldn't be holding it? Not not up. You'd at be the, selling
0: it? Not up at these prices. Right. Yeah, look, I, I think that there's more downside risk than upside in the immediate term. Mm. Right. But I mean, if you take a 12-month view, um, it should be fine. But uh, look, this this stock could fall from twenty six back to twenty two, and then you'd you know you'd scoop it up then potentially. Right, so you'd take
1: profits at these areas. Yeah. Okay. If you're in it. All right. Uh, next stock, uh, Rudy IDP Education uh, is on the list. The big English language testing and student placement group um, was spun out of the universities, was it? Or, or they started Sick.
2: it? Yeah. Seek owned at some stage and universities have, I think, have sold out now. Yeah, most of yeah, them, yeah. most of them, not during, all
1: During During COVID when yeah. things got a bit tough for the unis, they... Well,
2: here's the interesting one. We we just spoke about Breville and yes, stocks like Breville, Cochlear as well, uh, CSL, ResMed and and, and, and I mean, REA Group, car, car Group, they always trade at a high PE. So mm. it, you, you can't wait until they're low PE because then you will never own them. Um, IDP is still on a high PE, but you can see that that doesn't help the share price. Um, I'm actually quite surprised in hindsight of how low the, the share price has gone. You can see now it's, mm-hmm. it's just bubbling around around that $20 mark, essentially. Yep. Um I, I suspect there's a lot of sentiment in uh, building here and it's negative, of course. I mean, what is happening is that there, there are question marks about uh, how many students will, will still come to Australia. They are the global market leader in to in, the English testing. Um, the key UK competitor is, is taking market share in, in markets like uh, India and and, and Canada mm. and and um, and so that those are question marks that, that investors don't like basically I think it's heavily undervalued here I think uh, if anything um, it, it probably <coughs> will, it probably will surprise to the upside in, in in February and in August but for the share price to really move we need to see some clarity on, on Australia's students in yep. intake and we need to see a stop in in uh, the competitor taking market share now that's i think is going to happen at some stage in 2024 and and oh. then and if you then look back in hindsight we will see that just like with breville that the share price of idp education around 20 dollars is way too cheap okay so i yes so i, I own you. it i own right. it full declaration I uh, owned it at much higher levels too, uh, and uh, and I would definitely, I would definitely uh, have mm. no problems in buying it and just waiting for it for things to unfold.
1: Michael,
0: um, it's definitely a, a good operator. I mean, we could see in their last um, set of results that you know they were able to put in these big price increases and get away with it, um, and their earnings growth was outpacing the revenues growth. So, um, look, great, great business, but clearly. Um, you know, there there are risks out there, more on the government side, with you know, how many visas are going to be be offered, and and obviously competitive um, pressures as well. So it comes down to, you know, is the market factoring too much negativity? Is you know, the market got it wrong, or is the market got it right? right. And the analysts have it wrong. Um, definitely one to keep an eye on. Um, mm. I, Yeah, I'm I'm not holding it. I guess if you were holding it, I'd I'd continue holding it. But I'd be looking for, I guess, that sign if the market has it wrong. So sometimes what you see is you might get an announcement from, not necessarily a positive announcement. So they might come to the market with an announcement that seems Mm. quite negative or or there'd be an announcement from the government regarding visas that seems quite negative. You think, ooh, this share price is going to get hammered today. And then it's up 10% and you wonder, well... (laughs) <laughs> What's going on, and that's that's the signal that um, that too much negativity right. was priced in, and that's where you jump right in. So there. you got so half
1: yearlies coming up, yeah, next month. so that will be yeah. yeah I'd be for looking
0: it. for some sort of um, announcement catalyst that, and an equivalent share price reaction to just give mm. me a bit of confidence that that this is the point. Because if you get something like that, you you know you miss the first bit but it should then follow through and a bit more certainty some,
1: yeah that's
2: interesting just just reminded myself uh bell potter published their their stock tips for for 2024 idp education was included yeah so there's okay. more there's more people having it on their radar
1: okay all right uh and our final stock michael is uh paladin we said a bit earlier uranium is hot at the moment uh paladin is sort of the best known the biggest mm. of our Uranium Explorers producers at the moment. Got a mine in Namibia, um, Queensland as well, Canada.
0: Yeah, look, um, I think there's still further upside in these in these stocks. I know that they've jumped a lot in the past few days. but Well, the last
1: two months, hasn't <laughs> it? As yeah, well. look,
0: we've, we've been talking about um, the sector for a few months now. And yeah. you, know, you had that initial run-up in the middle of last year and then you know, a bit of a cooling off, and, and now they're now they're off again. Um, I think it's still early stages for, for what's going on. So clearly, there's a bit of a supply. Yeah, we all know there's there's supply constraints out there. Um, there's yeah, more reactors looking to be brought online, uh, and the you know the largest or the second largest producer out of Kazakhstan, Kazatomprom, has um, had an announcement. I think over the weekend. Um, They've got production issues that might affect them for the next two years. So, look, we all know commodities, boom-bust cycle. We've seen what's happened with with lithium. Um, We could be worried that it feels like everyone's talking about it, but it's because we're in our own little finance bubble, it seems like. Everyone's talking about it, but they're not really. It hasn't sort of hit hit mm. all the papers, and yep. you know, I'm not getting um, pulled up by, by uncles at barbecues um, <laughs> about investing in uranium, like like what was like in lithium. lithium. So, yeah. Yeah. so I think that um, <laughs> well, boom, as I said, boom bust cycle. There'll <laughs> be a reaction at some point where a lot yep. of supply will come on board, um, or demand will will come. But off. you
1: reckon it's got more to run?
0: yeah, so in the case of Paladin, we have a missed it. They've got this uh, Langer Heinrich mine in Namibia that should be producing again uh, this around year. around March. Now this was a mine that used to be in production, all the infrastructure's there, and it's taken them, I don't know a year or whatever it has been to bring this thing online. This yeah. is an existing mine that's operated before. So, mm. for all the others out there, they're still drilling holes in the middle of nowhere. There's, the supplier response is still quite a while away. Yeah. Um, and like we saw with, you know, with lithium, you had stocks like your PLSs and so on. They went up about 10 times over that period from late 2020 to you know, yeah. about a year ago. Um, and even PLS is still 10 times above where it was in 2020. Mm. So, look, there there is the potential for a big share price reaction over the course of the year. It may push beyond... What um, you know, what you'd expect is reasonable. I mean, we saw this back in sort of 20, uh, 2004 to seven, I think, with with Paladin, it went from you know about a dollar to nine dollars. So, despite, uh, I know I'm sounding very bullish, but you know, when I look at the way it's trading here, sure, it's done about 30% in the past few days, but um, it could just still be the start of the move. Mm. And yeah, you know, we need, you know, there'll, there'll be more news, there'll be further talk about it, and. Um, and and that will okay. drive the price up.
1: Prefer it to Boss,
0: the other oh, big look, one I, in the air? I like I like both. I mean they're both um, producing, or, or Boss has just started production, and yeah. um, and Paladin um, is is very close to it. Um, yeah, look they they could all do really well. Okay. I mean the other alternative, just just very quickly, is there is a uranium ETF. Um, so a lot of my clients bought that a few months mm. ago. So it's a URNM, which is a beta shares ETF. It has all, right. all these stocks as well as um, uh it, it
2: also the canadian yeah, one. The, yeah the spot yep. spot etf as well okay ready yes um i still remember i mean i'm reeling in history again <laughs> 138 was was the was the peak price for uh, uranium uh, back then and paladin peaked at ten dollars and, yeah. and at the time didn't produce a single piece of uranium right i mean that's that's market sentiment Yeah. For you, yeah. Huh? now it is um now it's, it's almost back uh getting there i mean you have to i'm actually to be honest i, I have been mm. surprised um by how long it has taken the market to catch up um i suspect because the uranium price was so low and it took quite a while to while it was increasing uh it took quite a while to get to a level where where all producers uh were arguably making money and and um, able to restart their, their mines again because Belton had to mothball their mind because mm. the price, price was too low mm. um I mean, needless to say, the proposition was actually uh, much more logical nine months ago than it is, to, than it is today. Yeah. And today, you have to be comfortable with, with momentum.
1: Okay? Yeah,
2: and momentum requires a little bit of an iron stomach. Okay? I mean, some people say investing should be boring. Yeah, like if you want if you want excitement, go to the casino. Yeah?
1: Mm.
2: Now, a lot of people will disagree because it's I mean, when you're making money, everyone's excited. Right? I'm more on the boring side. I mean, I I find I find it. Um, I rather have my stocks not not appreciating seven, eight, nine percent on the day, because then I get nervous and I get oh, Before you yeah. know what I have to sell again. I mean, yeah. why? Why? <laughs> Just go elsewhere. <laughs> 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 so you have to find a balance somewhere. In uh, but yes, I, I'm with Michael. I, I do think, uh, in particular with momentum, and the momentum is now on on the on the uranium side, but in the same respect. Um, you have to stay vigilant and, and you have to keep your eyes open because yep. it wasn't that long ago and people were, were, were forecasting uh, only sunshine for coal producers and, yep. and that hasn't really turned out well yep. and all the arguments probably not repeat them uh, regarding lithium only uh, six months ago yeah. My goodness, I mean, and now they're all licking their wounds, yeah? yeah. And now it's, now it's the... the, at,
1: least the <laughs> at least the coal stocks are paying, still paying yes. massive yields. <laughs> Un- unless they
2: buy other assets, but yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. which I... Have. But all yes, right. Michael, Michael summarised it very well. It's boom and bust. That is what the commodities do. With So far, with the exception of iron ore, but commodities will always remain commodities. And you right. mean yes, you can stay there, but you have to be careful that... Uh, so if you buy at these levels... Oh, with, if you're with, a trader, you probably follow momentum, yes. yes. But, right. but that's you won't find me buying paladin shares. I will tell you that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you got, it. you have to have an I have. Understand uh, the cycle. Yes. All right.
1: Let's recap the final five, five stocks. Argo, uh, a no from both Cuba, no. Breville, uh, a hole from Rudy. Uh, he likes the stock though, um, long term. Um, he, he sees it as a good investment. So you've got to, if you're going to buy it, have a long-term horizon for it. Uh, Michael, on the other hand, is uh, taking profits at at these levels. IDP, a buy from Rudy, hold from uh, from Michael, and Paladin, a buy from Michael. Uh, not really Rudy's risk profile, but it's a buy if. But you've got to follow the commodity cycle. You've got to know when to, uh, to get in and out. If you want a quiet investment life, that's probably not for you. Not for you. Would <laughs> that be a good summary, Ruth? <laughs> <laughs> then
2: you buy brambles.
1: <laughs> <laughs> buy Brambles, yeah, exactly oh, right. I go. All right. Rudy Permit, Philip Eck Van Dyke from FN Arena, good to see you, mate. Uh, My Michael pleasure. Gable from Fairmont, good to see you Thank as well. You. Um, that's it for our show for today. If you've got any stocks you'd like me to put to our experts. Go to osbiz.co forward slash callpigs or tweet us on X using the at Ausbiz TV handle. Um, See you tomorrow for another edition of The Call. Same time, same place. See you (laughs) then.